All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Food Fight. Uh, this is Chef Joe. We've got Chef Roth, Chris Roth, in the studio today. Yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you guys haven't joined us in the first episode, we're uh, just two local chefs here in Rochester that have different point of views, same goals, same ambitions. And uh, we're here to talk about the restaurant industry and everything involved with it, from the food to the, to the staff to the environment to how it affects you socially, emotionally. You know, those kind of things, right? Yeah, relationships and... Oh, yeah, the good stuff. The good stuff. The good stuff. Um, so we'll start off today. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about that I thought was kind of important. Um, last episode, we kind of gave a background of uh, who we were, what we did. Um, and, you know, moving forward, I feel like there's still a lot to learn and know about us. So that way you kind of get, a you know, an understanding. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, our social lives, like what we do outside of work, on our free time, our relationships, uh, kind of boring stuff, but kind of interesting things as well. Yeah, not your typical nine to five yeah. job. Yeah, and nine to five. Going out for dinner and yeah, it's funny. friends. My, my brother uh, posted a, a snap of his uh, hours this week. It was like 50 hours and like point one or whatever. And I was like, that's cute. I'm like, <laughs> I remember when I used to work part-time jobs like that, like 50 hours, like what's up, man? He didn't, of course, respond because I don't think he likes that. He thought he was working hard, which I'm sure he is. Yeah. Um, but shoot, I don't. I don't remember working less than 50 hours in probably the last 15 years of my life. That's a constant. Yeah. Right. At least 50, really. And the worst it's, part it's about the week. industry is like you're literally working like all business hours. So like you're not working like the normal eight to five and have the availability to do things. It's like you're working. I don't know. Like take for me, I go in around 10 or 11. And I stay till around 10. You know, it's like you're you're busy while the world moves on. Banks you know, businesses, bills, all that stuff. So days off are kind of consumed by uh, taking care of adult things, which sucks because most people can handle those in their normal, you know, Monday through Friday deal. Yeah, you need those two days off. One is to recuperate from the week. Oh, yeah. And then two is to take care of everything that you got to take care of, pay bills and everything. You know, I'm not embarrassed. I'm 37 years old, man. I really enjoy a day where I can get a nap in. It's like, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that shit. I did yesterday. See, exactly. You know, you could have lunch and then just crash for a couple hours and then keep going. It's like your body is destroyed by, you know, Sunday, Monday. Well, that's our days off, right? Yeah, usually Friday and Saturdays take a good toll. Yeah, absolutely. Friday and Saturday is like, it, it tests you as a human being. It's like, oh, you thought you were tired already? It's like, well, how about we put the two busiest days at the end of the week and see if you can handle it? And normally I crumble. Yeah. <laughs> By Saturday night, no one wants to be around me or like they're on eggshells, man, watching out for me because they're like, oh, shit, chef's going to yell at me. Watch out, here he comes. I, I, I didn't say herd chef loud enough. <laughs> you never know what it could be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, social lives, I mean, man, we hang out sometimes. We go out to brunch, get the families together, yep. you know, do those things. But, like, it requires a lot of planning. You know what I mean? There's weeks where we'll mess up, and it's like, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's hang out. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, it sounds good. And it's like, oh, I forgot I have this video shoot. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to go to the club. I got to do this, you know? Pop a party or something like that. Yeah, it's always something, man. It's very tough. It's like the weather in Rochester. It's just unpredictable. Like, as much as you want to plan for it, you never know. It can shit on you in a second. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I, and I think the hardest part about that is making plans with the family, especially my yeah. kid, man. When, when I tell him, hey, I'm off on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, he's looking forward to that. And that's all he's looking forward to. And then I may have something that comes up and I say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I got to go to this. And he's like, well, what time are you coming home? And it's like the most disappointing thing. And in it's world, like right? a dagger in your heart. Yeah. It really is. And uh, it's, it's hard to, it's very difficult to balance that. 
Yeah, you know, my son's uh, about to turn five here in two months. And, uh, you know, for the last year, it's definitely been more of an uh, eye-opening experience for me leaving every day because he, uh, he definitely, like, senses me leaving. He doesn't know when I'm going to come back. And, yeah, you know, all those things, it's just like, are you going to be here tonight? Are you going to be here tomorrow? When is your day off? And it's like it sucks because you're balancing, like, self-health, providing for the family, trying to keep relationships together, trying to keep a business going. And it's like there's not enough days or hours in a week. And, uh, you know, spending time with the family is mostly important. I mean, I, they got to be priority. Um, definitely, a must. you know, like, I don't know about you, but like, we can talk about how people meet each other in this industry. Cause we all know that like, we work a lot of hours and we don't have a lot of time to get exposure to new people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, if you're going to date somebody or find somebody, it's like, you hope that you work in a large enough establishment where there's like more to pick from because it's like, you feel like already everyone's already dated who or dated this person. And it's just like, holy shit, man. It's like, what's left, you know? Like I met my current fiance, um, at a place I used to work. She was a banquet captain yeah, and I was the sous chef and, you know, we started off as friends. I mean, like everyone does for like a year or so. And then one thing led to another and then we ended up uh, dating and, having an uh, amazing child and I can't imagine not having her in my life, but you know, that goes back to lots of failed relationships, right? I mean, I mean, I must've had a dozen failed relationships where it's like people that aren't in the industry don't really get the hours, the dedication, the drive. Um, and it set, it sets us up for like a lot of arguments, a lot of defending, a lot of just complications, right? Yeah. I, I um, I did the opposite. I stayed away from the ones who were not in the industry, to be honest with you, because I knew that they were never going to understand it. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't that smart. I could just, I was too naive. <laughs> I didn't want to believe it. You know, I was hoping that like, I see all my friends out there meeting all these new people at bars or restaurants, wherever you meet people anymore. But you know, you, you, you see them and they're all happy. They all get weekends off. They get to do this. They get to do that. And you're like, Oh, there's, there's hope for me. Maybe I can get a job where I can have that. And it's like, I don't know what, like, reality I thought I was living in, but it definitely wasn't the case. So that's cool. So you obviously were smart enough to stay away from that part of it. And I was the one too naive to stay, like admit that I couldn't have like a normal type of relationship with a normal person that works like a nine to five. Yeah. And I will tell you it, it, it definitely makes it easier. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of chefs out there that are listening would agree with us that nobody really understands the restaurant business unless you're in it. True story. And you don't get the, you don't understand the hours. Probably dating a chef, um, I don't know, if you if you have a regular nine to five and you're dating a chef, I'm sure you want to go to the restaurant and hang out and you can, you can spend time with them at the restaurant, but that's not always realistic. No, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in a position I am today. Um, you know, the last three years of having Nosh and everything else, like my fiance comes in, she works two days a week with me. She's a server. And uh, my son gets to come in whenever he wants and run around and harass everyone and beg for a pizza. And the bartenders are giving him, you know, like cherries and oranges and keeping him busy. And yeah, I get that luxury now, but we're talking, I'm 22, 23 years into this industry, man. Like yeah. we're talking like 1%, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot different. You know, you can't, it's hard to maintain those relationships with people when they don't understand, like you said, unless they're in it. And I think that like, for me, like my fiance is like my everything. She has been like my rock for throughout all this. Like I give her 100% credit. I take away everything that I've done and give it to her because the opportunity she's given me by supporting me, you know, yeah, and I have to give, I have to give my wife that credit too. I mean, she is, she is so supportive of everything that I do. And 
working late nights and working early mornings. I've got a breakfast yeah. party that I have to be there for. Uh, granted, I have a, a, a fantastic team that allows me to have a better balance of life now, but it took time to build that. And, um, you know, it took me 20 years to get Sundays off. Right. I, you know right, I mean? Like, right. <laughs> like those things don't just come. So when somebody comes to me and says, chef, I, um, I want a job, but I have to have every Sunday off. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that, those That's are one of those things actually. that is earned and not yeah. just given. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's hard because some people have religious views that sure. they, they need to have those Sundays off. And, and I, and I, I get it, but it's hard for me to understand because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't, I didn't, well, I wasn't raised that way to have a specific day off that right. I could do something. I mean, you know, those are all privileges, man. We grew up like, you know, if you had the Sunday off, like you had to spend it with the family, have dinner. It's like, that was like a privilege. It wasn't like a guarantee. Nobody expected that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like our, you know, that goes into like the whole family life thing, man. It's like, you know, my parents growing up when I was doing this weren't probably the proudest about it. You know, like they see me sacrifice like hours and hours and hours. And, and holidays. Up. Holidays. What are those? Yeah. <laughs> holidays are like what you can work around before or after you're done with your shift. You know, Christmas is one of those ones that you pretty much almost could finagle a half a day with the family or the morning time or, or an entire day, but like Thanksgiving if, and everything If you're else. lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. When, when I was at the hotel, we had Christmas Day brunch. We had, uh, I'm sorry, we had Christmas Eve brunch, yep. Christmas Eve dinner, Christmas Day brunch, and then Christmas Day dinner. So you were lucky to get a few hours with your family in those times. I mean, we're cranking out so much food. Yeah, yeah. What's like funny, you know, like when I wanted to be, when I was a kid, you know, I had, I had the want to want to be an architect. Same. Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. And I was like, you know, I was all about it and I thought I was going to be great. I mean, we're talking like elementary school, man. Like, you know, yeah. like my son wants to be a fireman fighter. Like I get it. <laughs> Who knows what it'll end up being, but, uh, you know, I want to be an architect. And then I was like, oh, this is great. Blah, 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 you know, and then you grow up and then you're like, oh, okay, I want to do like something else. And, you know, I wanted to then possibly go in the military like you know I spent my high school career prepping myself for college and you know getting ready to you know get my grades on point getting all my prerequisites and you know I when it came down to the time of it I was just like man I'm like I don't know if college is the right choice for me my grandparents told me like listen you graduated like we'll pay for tuition for your college for wherever you can get accepted and this and that and I was like oh it's beautiful I was like I'll wait a year and do it and they're like well no you'll go now right out of high school or we're not gonna pay for it I was like, hmm. I don't know if that's what I want to do. Yeah, you know, I was like, I didn't know if that's what I want to do. Because, you know, I was cooking at the time, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And, you know, I liked my lifestyle of cooking and being around in kitchens. And I was like, shit, you know, like, I don't think that's for me. And so I gave up, literally, paid tuition to a college because I was unable to go straight out of high school into college. And I just, and they held true to it. They didn't, they didn't offer it again. It was done deal. And that was it. But it was probably one of the best decisions you've ever made. Absolutely. I mean, I considered a lot of things. At the time, I was a little bit lost, you know? Like, family was pressuring you to do something bigger with your life, you know, instead of just being a cook. And then it's like, you know, I uh, I tested really high in the ASVABs for the military. So the Army approached me back then. And uh, at that time, they are giving away $45,000 sign-on bonuses. And so I was like, well, shit, let me talk to the recruiter. And my dad was military, obviously, 37 years in the Army. So he was super proud because, you know, he tested really high. He got offered scholarships. Like, he was kind of the same person and uh you know i sat down did all the stuff and i was like okay i'm three weeks away from going to maps to kind of sign up and go i was going to go in as a field medic so i can take some skills outside of it after it was done you know mm -hmm. combat med med combat 
medic, sorry. Um, and I got cold feet and I said, well, fuck it. I'm going to stay in Tucson. I'm just going to cook and smoke weed and hang out with chicks and just keep up my rock star lifestyle. You know, I was like, whatever. I thought it was something. <laughs> it wasn't looking back. I wasn't shit, but whatever. You are a rock star, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so literally, uh, I said, fuck it. I'm going to work in a kitchen. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to keep focused. And yeah. after that point, I think that was like the point where my parents and my family was like, what the fuck is this guy doing, dude? Like he's giving up college. He didn't go in the military. He tested so high. He's working all these hours. He's never around for the holidays. It's like, you know, I'm sleeping during the day, you know, working all night. And would you, would you agree that when you go to your parents and this is for everyone saying, I want to be a chef is like saying, I want to be in a rock band. You know, I think back they're then, looking I at it the so. same way. Well, I mean, back then, I think so. Now the, the food industry has been so exploited by the Food Network and the cooking channel and, you know, all the rock star celebrity chefs. It's a whole different ball game. The perception of chefs is a lot different. I mean, back then, we were kind of just... I wasn't in the era like Anthony Bourdain where they were, like, all just misfit, like, ex-felons, drug addicts. I mean, there were still a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there were some decent human beings coming into the industry at that point that were kind of, like, turning the corner. Um, but I definitely took part in that era where it was, like, you didn't know, like who was on your line with you. He'd be like, oh, you did 10 years. Oh, for what? Yeah. Like, oh, stabbing somebody. Great. And he has a knife. But you know, he's got your back at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, now. exactly. So. But, you're like, but then when you leave work and you're, you know, hanging out with them, drinking beers, you're like, wow, this is kind of cool. This guy's got my back. Like, I feel untouchable. You know what I mean? Um, and he teaches you about, like, he'll teach you about life. <laughs> life, man. He'll teach never, you shit you don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you don't ever want to experience, but you learned about it. It's, it's cool first in hand. theory. Yeah, it's cool. And <laughs> in, in just the story portion of it, living that shit in real life is like, yeah, oh, thanks, man. Um, but no, that goes back to like the family, man. It was like a disappointment kind of, but you know, they still supported me. They knew it made me happy. You know, they seen the frustration of me trying to struggle to become somebody in this industry. And I think that's what like holds back a lot of families from supporting it because the kitchen industry or the restaurant industry is very tough. It's a lot of donation of time and sacrifice of events. And, you know, you don't see the results very quickly. I mean, Chris, you've been doing it for what? 20 something years. Yeah. I'm 23 years. And it's like, dude, like, we weren't always like this. If this is anything, you know, it's still milestones ahead of where we were. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, if we were sitting down talking into this, you know, studio, we'd be, like, laughing about, like, we're, we got a lot of work to do. Exactly. <laughs> and now I think where we are now is, like, we have more work to do on a different level, and which is really cool. Um, but, yeah, family, man, it's tough. You know, you miss brothers' birthdays, siblings' birthdays, Christmases, and it's like, people don't realize this when they go to eat at your restaurant, like, what the staff goes through just on a regular day-to-day lifestyle that really affects it. And it's like, they go there and they want to have their steak. They want to have their lobster. And it's like, they don't realize that, Hey, the guy cooking there probably gave up his kid's first birthday to be there that night to be on the line. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that should be taken into account when they're paying the price they're paying, when they're taking into consideration, like leaving a bad Yelp review. We'll get to that shit later on. Yeah. But I think that, you know, people don't understand the whole ins and outs of what it takes to do this. And it, I think it's important they kind of right they kind of find out you know it's 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 yeah. important because like me you know being naive to something and then finding out the details you're like oh shit like maybe I should have been a little bit more considered about my emotions or my feelings towards it if I knew the whole story that's happened plenty of times sometimes you just react without knowing absolutely yeah it doesn't make you a bad human being it just you know it should open your eyes to where you just kind of want to focus on that the next time you know yeah if you see somebody down maybe it's or making a mistake maybe it, they've got a lot going on. Maybe they, to your point, they miss their kid's birthday or nephew's birthday, and you, you don't know that. Yeah, it happened to me two weeks ago. My my fry guy, you know, he called me that day. It was his uh, daughter's birthday. He said, like, hey, can I have it off? And I was like, oh, man, like, I want to do it, but 
But I was like, you know, I really need you there that day because I'm shorthanded, blah, 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 whatever I needed. You know what I mean? I felt yeah. guilty for it because you, you feel bad. Yeah. Because you want to be like, you know, you want to feel for them and always kind of negotiate and kind of compromise. And I was like, look, I said, I can't give you today off, but how about you make up the day next week and I'll plan coverage and you can have it off. And he's like, oh, it's good because my son's birthday is the next Thursday. I said, you got it off. Yeah. So it's like he had to miss one to get to the other. And it's like, that's tough, man, because we all did that. You know what I mean? I mean, how many birthdays I lost out on, like, for family, friends, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, and, and to all the cooks that are listening, you know, it's it's important that you communicate these things because there's always the ability to negotiate time off. Absolutely. You know, if if you need three or four days off and you, you don't necessarily need the first day because you're going out of town in late afternoon. Yeah. Maybe you can cover the morning shift for a few hours to sure. help balance the rest of the team. And Hey, guys, for all my NASH and OPG uh, employees, if you guys need time off, please uh, see Chris Roth. <laughs> he seems to have the answer for this shit. Uh, I'm going to say no ahead of time, but, uh, you know, he might, he might be more willing to help you guys out. <laughs> I got your back, guys. <laughs> see, there you go. Um, no, I mean, you know, that's cool, though. And it's the truth, though, man. All we need as chefs is a little bit we, – we work on – what is it like a very habitual, consistent environment? Like it's gotta be very OCD. You know, A is A, B is B, one, two, three, Monday through whatever the hell it is. It has to be exact. It's like, that's what we, that's what I strive on is consistency. Yeah. So when a cook comes to you and is like, Oh, can I have tonight off? This came up. You're like, shit, I wasn't planning for that. But yeah, we always have backup type situations, you know, but like for me, it's like I walk in, I do the same thing. I put my stuff the same place, except for my clipboard. I'm constantly losing that shit. I have my whole entire staff sometimes looking for an hour to find my clipboard <laughs> it's or my keys. <laughs> so now they've gotten to have to put my shit in like one area. So they can be like, chef, here's your clipboard and your keys or whatever. And it's like, oh, thank God. I'm like, I forgot where I put that, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's the thing is like we work on a very meticulous way. And surprises sometimes can catch us off guard. And But we always, what we're good at doing is improving on yeah. our feet, you know, in the moment. Um, I think that's important. Um, so another thing is, is that like, you know, growing up and having family kind of doubt you or not maybe support you the way that you feel like you need to be supported is that like, it also adds a little bit of motivation and power to you though. Like I know for me, it was like, I wanted just to prove everyone wrong. Yeah. You know, you strive for that, right? Yeah. It, it, it's like somebody says you can't do it or you're doing this for nothing. It's never going to turn out to anything. It's like, you want to prove them wrong. It's like. Were you, were you told at all that when you said, I want to be a chef or they were like, or you started cooking, were they saying, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? you? <sighs> Shit, man. I don't know exactly if that was said, but that's how I felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it was said or not, like I definitely felt that way a bunch of times. It was tough. Like you'd go to work and you'd be like, why am I doing this? Like I'm getting my ass kicked for nothing for like six bucks an hour, like blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you, in the back of your head, you're like, are they saying that? Like, basically I'm going to go nowhere with this. Should I just give this up and find something else? And it's, it's tough, you know, because I'm pretty sure my parents at one point said, you're wasting your time. Like, I guarantee that came out of their mouths at least one time. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember ever being told that, but I do remember being told, are you sure this is what you want to do? Gotcha. Yeah. So, like, you know, my parents probably wanted me to go to culinary school. And I think they would have been more, like, directly supportive if I would have done that. Because yeah. then I would have showed, you know, discipline and sacrifice on my part to go to school. Gotcha. And at that point, I was just rebellious about all school. I was like, fuck school. I don't want to go back to high school, don't want to go to college, don't want to go to culinary school, don't want to go to yeah. military. I just want to cook. Yeah. And that, you know, looking back at that now, I'm, I'm a grown adult. That seems kind of fucking stupid. I mean, let's be honest. Like if your son came to you and was like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just want to cook. And you're like, well, what's your goals? My goal was like literally to be an executive chef by the time I was 30. That's the only thing I knew. 
Yeah. I put a timeline to something that was so unrealistic. I was like, yeah, by 30, I want to be an executive chef. I want to run my own plays, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was that easy. You know, yeah. I was like a 20-year-old kid. And I was like, that's where I want to go with it. And uh, I feel like it still, like, gave me the motivation, though, because they weren't completely supportive. Friends were kind of saying the same things. You know, they're off doing careers. They're going to college. They're going here, there, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just wanted to prove everyone wrong. And I don't know if that's like the proper motivation for someone to succeed, but I think it's always something in the back of everyone's head. And I think that nobody wants to put pie in people's faces, but it's like you also don't want them to talk when it's like you know what you're sacrificing and giving up to get where you're going. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Did, I mean, were you completely supported by all your friends and family in this industry when you first got into it? Uh, well, <clears throat> I started off as a uh, bagging groceries in the grocery store at 14. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, there was this... Uh, this girl that I really liked and she was a waitress at a restaurant. So I knew her and she was telling me to come work at the restaurant. So I was like, okay. Wait, so you went and asked backwards. You just said you stood, you, you didn't like associate yourself with women from the restaurant industry, but that's how like you first got started into it. No, I'm saying I didn't associate myself with women that were not in the industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. you. I misunderstood that. Yeah. No. It'd be uh, way funnier if you just went along with that. But yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just being honest with you, man. So I like that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, so she was a waitress in a restaurant, and that's how I kind of got into the restaurant. It just became a busboy. Okay. And um, that was where I fell in love with the kitchen and the chefs and, you know, kind of like I went into that story last last time on the, uh, yeah. on the first episode. But my parents were always the ones that were saying, listen— Whatever you're going to do, just be the best at it. Yeah, if you want to be yeah. a mechanic, be a mechanic. Nothing wrong with mechanics or anything like that, but that's just an example. If you want to be a street sweeper. <laughs> be the best one there is. Be the best that you can be and, 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 and apply yourself as much as you can and set goals. Yeah, I think that's solid parental advice right there. I think that's the truth, though. And, and like, that's kind of what gave me that motivation to say, okay, if I'm going to be a chef, and that's kind of where – I started working for the, uh, the, the French chef in uh, Florida, uh, Eric, who I still keep in touch to this day. He was the one who said, do you want to go to France? And that's the best way. And so he became kind of like another parent for yeah, me. Another mentor, yeah. And, um, and that's, that's kind of where I fell in love with the restaurant business and so held on cool, to though. it. So like when you went to culinary school where your parents like all for it, they're like, you know what, you should do it. They, they weren't against it. Yeah. Verbally to me. Okay. Or they didn't show it in any way. Well, that's good. They may have been behind the scenes. Yeah, but the, and to I don't you, know. they were like still But to me, they yeah. were saying, you know what? If that's what you want to do, do it. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. But it was still like going to become a rock star, you know? Like, okay, you know, the reputation of chefs yeah, is not a very good reputation. No. And, you know, there have been times where... I'm, I'm sure you you can say the same thing. You go out, you get dr you get drunk, you drinking, you smoking, and having a good time, and your personal life kind of catches up to you. So you kind of lose that that focus on what you want to where you want to become an executive chef. Yeah, I mean, I became an executive chef the first time when I was 23, and 23 to 24 and a half were probably the best years of my life and the worst years of my life. I literally, you know, thought I was a rock star. Man, I had an entourage. We'd That's go it. out every weekend. My buddies. We would drink, go to the clubs, just ball out, man. And it was great. I mean, there was women, there was everything. And you live this life where it's like 24 hours a day. I did it for a year and a half. I was drinking a bottle of whiskey a night, man. Like, I, I thought that I was a rock star. 
Yeah. And looking back again, I wasn't shit. And it's like, <laughs> I wish I could just tell myself this, my future self every time. It's like, when you think you're doing something right and you're doing good, it's like, you should check yourself, man. Yeah. Cause like it stopped me from progressing. Like I lost probably some of the best two years of my life to progress as a chef, to have the, the body to do it, the mind to do it. And you know, the, the drive to do it. And I yeah. lost it getting caught up with the glamor part of it of being like, you think you're a rock star. You're hanging out. You're having fun. There's people that want to be around you and drink and all that stuff. And it's like, you kind of realize then it's like, you know what? Well, my parents are probably right on some of this stuff. And it's like, you realize that like you're your own like sabotage artist to your life. And it's like, you don't want to admit that sometimes because it's a hard industry, man. It's like that pill of like honesty is tough sometimes. Oh yeah. Cause you know, you think when you're in a restaurant, you're like, Oh, I created this dish. It's great. People love it. And it's like, it's not that great. It's like you just threw a bunch of shit together and you thought it was terrific. And it's like looking back at like the old cook me, it's like, dude, like too much, too much, too much, you know? But you learned. Yeah, you definitely learn. And I think that like the good thing about it is like no matter how much your family is like may not support you at the moment, they're always there for you, man. It's like I made a lot of mistakes in my career and a lot of them were still there. And uh, they definitely supported me through it. And I think that's the important part because at times where I didn't believe they supported me, they, they were. Yeah. And, but, you know, as a person coming up in this industry, you feel very defensive for what you do or you did. You know, I did back then because not a lot of people I knew were cooks yeah. or chefs or whatever you want to call it, man. It's like it was, a, it was a hard it's a hard thing. And like we've already talked about like our social lives, like we really like I'm friends with mostly only people that are chefs or in the industry because yeah. we have the hours. It's like you see what it is to have to like coordinate with people that aren't in it. We're like, let's go here this day. They're like, well, we can't, you know, how about Sunday? It's like, well, yeah, but that's like my nap day and my like body recover day. And it's like, oh, it's tough. You know, it's like it, having friends that are outside of the industry are really tough because the hours, the demand and like how, you know, the availability just isn't there. So do you find yourself not having friends that are not in the industry or do you find yourself making adjustments to have friends that are not in the industry. I think that it's easier to just have friends in the industry than it is to adjust <laughs> to have friends that are not in the industry. Am I wrong? I mean, like think about, I can think about like my top friends that I have, like literally they're, they're cooks, they're servers, they're whatever. Like they, yeah. they have the same hours. It's hard for people like us to be mingling with the nine to fivers. It's just really tough. By the time they're getting ready to go to bed is when we're getting out of work, relaxing and eating our dinner at 11 PM. Yeah. It's tough. You know what I mean? Like, it really is. They're sleeping by then. It's like, how many times I called you at 11 o'clock? I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot you're awake. You know what I mean? Like, my bad. Like, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah. It's it's different. Well, I know I could text you at midnight and you'll answer. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> 5 o'clock in the morning and I'll answer. It's That's like, true. it works both ways. Like, I go to bed at, like, 1, I wake up at 5 or 6. It's just, <laughs> there's no time, man. There's not enough time just wasted sleeping. That's what naps are for on Sunday. But it, it, it goes back to the difficulty of having a relationship with these hours and yeah, you know, if you're not in the industry, it's, it's, it's hard to understand, but we want to make it so everyone does understand that we are normal guys. Well, you know, you take, like to have a good time. You know, you could probably go through your entire staff just like I can, and you can tell who's having problems at home and who isn't, you know, when their head's in it, when their head's not in it. And a lot of times it's because why are you working so much? Why are your hours so late? How come you don't have this day off? How are, you know, like these are things that you, you can sense from your staff, but also the stuff that you deal with is yourself. You know what I mean? Like I, I deal with, I dealt with that for a long period of time and it failed miserably. And that's what leads back to my fiance and meeting her and her supportiveness is like really the, the only point that I can look back at my career and realize that was the turning point. And, and that's what maybe refocused you. Oh, Absolutely. 
I think for the first time when somebody's like, hey, why aren't you home? It's nine o'clock. Instead, it's like, you know what? When you're done, you're done. Yeah. Just worry about work. Worry about being the best cook you can be. Yeah. And, you know, keep going with it. And it's like, wait a minute. So you're not going to get mad at me because I'm like out till 10 working. I'm like, no, I know what it's about. I've seen it. I've done it. It's like, okay. You know, you kind of get lost. You feel uncomfortable at first. You're like, is this a setup? Like, is she going to fucking yell at me, dude? Like, what's going on? Wait you know a what second I mean? here. But then it's like, wow, wait a minute. You're supporting me. Like, this is what it's like to be a chef and have support being like, I have the house. Like, yeah. I have this down. I'll make sure everything's taken care of. There'll be food for you. There'll be, you know, a clean place to come home to type of thing. We can hang out on your days off if you want to. If not, you can sleep. It's like you wake up and you're like, holy shit. Like, you almost feel like a pharaoh or a king. You're just like, really? Like, this is what it's about. Like, I've been dealing with this bullshit for 18 years of my life. And it's like, all of a sudden, I meet the right one. Yeah. And it's like, at that point is when my career was like skyrocketed. I just really had the motivation to push and push and push and not have to worry about five minutes already into my shift about what's going on at home. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like you have that support and you're just like, you stay focused about food, the menu, the development of everything. Like, you really grasp it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I would say uh, having the the right partner is key. Yeah, is absolutely. key Because if you, to your point, if you have a lot going on outside of work, there's no way that you can focus on what you got to do inside of work. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible. It is impossible. It really is. I mean, because like I said, it's like I remember losing shifts at a time, four hours, where I'd be like just worried about what's going on at home. Like, oh, my God, my girlfriend's going to be pissed. I got to take her out to dinner. I got to have date night now to make up for this shit. And it's like... What am I thinking about food? I'm a cook getting paid prof- to do it professionally on a level that I'm like, okay, you're paid to cook, you're paid to produce, you're paid to do all this stuff. And it's like, I'm spending half my day distracted. Yeah. What, how good of a cook are you going to be then? You're not. You know what I mean? That's what's holding back. Yeah. And it sucks because I know that now, at the time, you're just trying to make everyone in your life happy, your parents, your girlfriends, your, your friends, your whatever, you know? And then your circles start to change. Relationships start to prove that they're the ones that are going to be the one to be by your side. Like, I have a four-year-old son, and it's, like, literally my fiancé has, like, single-handedly, like, held down my household, raised my son during the day, even at night. And it's, like, I'm very thankful for that. I'm sad that I couldn't be as much of a part of it. But, I mean, realistically, it's, like, I'm so thankful to have that support system. Because without that, I wouldn't have the two restaurants I have, and I wouldn't have, you know, the 60-something employees that rely on my creativity and the function of the restaurants to provide for their families. Like, that's something to say. It's like, so she's provided basically support for 67 people to work there and to provide for their families for me to live out my dream yeah, and to have a family. It's like, holy shit, that's a lot of responsibility, a lot of gratitude I have towards that one person. That's pretty crazy. You know, maybe they don't get enough credit, but it's like the, the significant others of people that work in the industry. This goes for women that work in the kitchen. Like if they have boyfriends that are that supportive or husbands or whatever, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's the male or female. Yeah. You're absolutely right, though. It's all based upon that one person who can support you. Yeah, and it's important to find that person, find the right person, yeah. and, you know, make sure that it, it's it's communicated to you at the beginning of your relationship. Hey, these are my hours. This is what I do. I, I need you to be supportive from the beginning because if you're not now, you never will be. Yeah, no. And, you know, that's like, that's like the best thing. It's like the support versus demand. You know what I mean? It's like they're willing to support you and not demand too much from you, and you just take the responsibility to just take care of the things you have to on your own. You know, you don't have to be told to do it or they, you know, but it, it, it's a, it's a balance like with everything, right? It's the good and the bad. Yeah. I mean, that's the industry with like, you know, our socializing with our friends, our family, uh, relationships. It's tough, man. It's, 
It's a juggling act. We're just talking about shit that goes on outside of the business. So we're talking about everything that doesn't include like the menu planning, the food development, you know, the tastings, the testings, the the staff development, the training, you know, the the, the books, you know, it's like the scheduling. It's like, we're talking about shit that's just before you even walk in that door, basically. Yeah. And how it affects us, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of cool to talk about it because you don't even sit down sometimes and realize yourself, like, what it all takes, right? I mean, it's like you have these moments where you're just like, you forget. I get caught up. I forget what I do sometimes. And sitting yeah. here talking about it, you're like, shit, man. It's like, there's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. Right. Every right. day. Right. And you're in multiple locations, too, so... Yeah, push, pull, dragged, man. Plus, we have a farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we got a farm we do, and then it's like now we're doing a podcast. Like, we're trying to fill up every minute of our lives, I guess, to talk about food and live it. Yeah. But I think that's the difference between, like, a normal cook and chefs who want to go somewhere, right? Like, we're sitting here today talking about, like, everything that we do to keep us going um, and progressing as people. It, it takes this amount of time and amount of things. Like, you got to diversify yourself. Yeah. It's like you got to shoot videos, you got to do content for social media, you got to do podcasts, you got to do, you know, just all these different things. See, people don't get it. If you want to be on that level, you got to do this. You there's, have to. It's not the same sacrifice. game anymore. Yeah. It's it's not just showing up to work, turning yourself on and then <laughs> punching out and turning yourself off. I mean, it's right. it's it's submerging yourself in the information 24 hours a day. Yeah. And you got to live breathe, sleep it. You have to. And what you put into it, I know this is very cliche, but what you put into it, you'll get out of it. And that is, yeah, it's the truth. I agree. I haven't seen very many people that have taken shortcuts that have made it to like a high level. I mean, I've seen them make it to a, you know, level where everyone's like, how the hell did they get that? Yeah. They're not qualified to do that. You know, being judged by everyone, but you know, it's different for everyone, but I think hard work and determination is going to always prevail. I mean, let's Absolutely. be honest, especially in this field. It's like you got to have a strong back and a strong will to keep it going. Um, and you got to have the partner and the friends and the family to support it, man. And it takes years of training, too, you know, for all these things to happen. It takes years of training your family to kind of understand your significant other to be there for you, your friends to understand why you got to always say no and then still invite you. You yeah. know, it's tough. Yeah. It's like, because when they start to not invite you, you're like, shit, man, why don't you just invite me? We knew you were going to say no. It's like, well, fuck, you know, I just wanted the invite to say no to. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm working. I but still like getting I still, invited. <laughs> I still want an invite, man. Like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, man. You know, I'm glad we're, we're doing this podcast and we're talking about this because I think there's a lot of information that we're giving to people that hopefully they can relate to. You know what I mean? Like, we know a lot of people in this industry. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing is we've experienced all this and yeah. we want to try to help people that are not only in the industry, but not in the industry to learn and grow and, and understand and, and be the best that they can be and maybe not waste some years like I did. Yeah. I mean, that's always our goal as chefs, man, is to try to trim off the years of waste. It's like for everyone, it's like as a cook, it's like, look, I did this by this point, I can teach you this in one hour and you'll like obtain these skills that took me years to find and do. Hey. The short path to be like, hey, by the time you're this age, you should be doing this. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. And it's it's a balance because you get caught up in the lifestyle and it, it'll it'll grab you. And <laughs> before you know it, that's three <laughs> years that you were just partying and you you lost an opportunity to to grow as a as a professional. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of regret. I mean, everyone has the regrets in their career. Um, I'm just glad that a the families now are supportive. You know, yeah. the significant others are supportive. I'm just glad that things that I once didn't have in my life has now become, like, the norm. And, like, 
that's a good feeling. And I think that's why, like, every day I can wake up and push harder, knowing that, like, I got good people around me, family that supports me, and, you know, the drive to want to keep going. And that's one thing that, you know, there's a lot of things that you and I have in common and we don't have in common, and that's kind of what makes us a unique pair. But one thing that we do have in common is that we have that support at home. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. No matter what we do as chefs and what our mentality is, we do have that support, and that's that's hard to come by. And it's something that everyone should search for. It's very important for the success of you is to have, like, a strong partner to back you up. Absolutely. Yep. Well, cool. I feel like we uh, we talked a lot about some of the socializing and everything else that we do as chefs and kind of, like, our focus and how we get there and um, the sacrifices we have to make. And, uh, you know, I'm happy about it. What about you, Chris? You yeah. got some more to add? Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm sure we'll add a lot to this in future episodes because mm-hmm. uh, this is something that's part of our life, our daily. So, um, but I, I think for the most part is to to understand the lifestyle and the hours that we work. That's that's the hardest part right there. Um, but it's if you can if you love someone and you want to support them and you want to see them grow, you have to be understanding of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Like I said, it, it shows with just being you, like how much it changed our lives in this industry, um, having that. And so it's something that everyone should really focus on because it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Uh, I had a good time today and I just want to thank everyone again for uh, tuning in to the podcast and uh, hopefully you guys got some good information and uh, learned a couple things about us and we're going to continue this uh, series and we're going to get in some good stuff talking about food and Yelp and all kinds of other fun things um, in the future episodes. But I uh, just want to say thanks again and uh, to Chris yeah. and it's always awesome doing this shit with you, man. Thanks, Joe. Love you, man. And uh, for all you guys who can uh, find some time, make it to Nosh and Old Bubble Grill, come say hi. Um, Russell Street, right across from Three Heads. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you.